What does a werewolf have in common with our Lord and Savior Garfield? What? <laughs> they both hate moon days. Welcome, oh, boys God. and girls, to another episode, another fucking mini dude of Halloween is Forever. I am Brian. I'm Steve. And guys, guess the fuck what? For the first time ever, We've got a guest on the show, and you may have noticed, I'm sure you're very familiar with uh, that that classic introduction that has obviously uh, uh, just littered the halls and the annals of podcasting history for nigh on several months now, that classic, I'm Brian, I'm Meg, I'm Steve. Well, we missed one there. Our girl Meg, not with us today. Uh, yeah, no Meg. Yeah, no Meg. For the first time ever, no Meg. It, it feels weird, but Meg is uh, what I can only assume uh, tripping balls in the desert right now. She's uh, mm-hmm. currently just eating <laughs> handfuls of mushrooms uh, out in the uh, California desert um, on vacation. I'm sure enjoying the hell out of herself, uh, sending all types of spooky pictures. We'll talk about what she's doing out there in a second or, or you know, speculate, I suppose. Um, but in the meantime, we have our very first guest in the history of Halloween is Forever, Mr. Brandon Getz. How are you? Hello. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you. I, I'll, I'll introduce you real quick. So for those of you who aren't familiar with with Brandon, uh, author, editor, literarian extraordinaire, fan of, <laughs> fan of all things spooky-ooky. That's true. And uh, and I feel like I'm too stupid to know if literarian is an actual word. <laughs> I came up with it just now. I, think it's um, good. I like it. I'm putting I, it on my business cards. Yeah, I came up with it just now. I'm 60% sure it's a real word. Um, <laughs> okay, great. He uh, and and why specifically it was exciting for us to bring Brandon on as uh, the first ever guest on Halloween's Forever and specifically on this show is we are going to talk about uh, a little flick called The Wolf of Snow Hollow, uh, who, that many of you may be familiar with. I'm a big fan of, uh, interested to see what you guys thought about it, but obviously a werewolf flick, question mark, werewolf adjacent, we'll get into it. Um, but uh, Brandon has a, he's uniquely qualified to talk about all things lycanthropy. Uh, to, you wrote a, uh, a a pretty sick, and I have not gotten an opportunity to to read it yet, but I it's absolutely on my on my list here to do soon. Steve, have have you read have you read Brandon's book? I have a copy. I'll let you borrow it. Okay. Well, I'll yeah. listen. He's on our podcast. I think I could buy a copy of the man's book. You can buy a copy book. too. But uh, in any case, uh, tell us about your book. It is specific. It is is highly werewolf uh, relevant. Yeah, it's called uh, Lars Breaks Face Werewolf in Space. Uh, came out at this point. I can't even believe it came out two years ago from Space Boy Books, uh, small press that does science fiction primarily. And yeah, I wrote this book basically to uh, write an ode to all the things that I loved as a kid, monsters and science fiction and movies, Monster Squad and uh, Aliens. And I mean, there's there's so many homages that that come up in this thing. 
Yeah, I can read just by reading the description and just looking at the cover art and that sort of stuff poking around uh, online. Like I said, I, I haven't read it yet, but I'm, I'm gonna. It definitely seems right, right up our alley in that way. My question is, how many times do you use the word nards in the book? Uh, I use it once, only just once. One. Okay. But, but there is a definite, there's a definite line. The werewolf's got nards. Wolfman's yeah. got nards. Right. right. Um, but there are a lot of dildo dick jokes. <laughs> a lot of fart jokes, a lot of, I mean, all, all the, all the raunchy, terrible yeah. humor. And it also leans heavily on, uh, on werewolf mythos, on vampire mythos, on, on various other, at a certain point when I was writing this, I was writing it as a serial. And once I started, you know, obviously I started with the werewolf and then brought in a vampire. And then it was like, well, what other monsters can I fit into this thing? What other right. homages can I make? So there are quite a few uh, alien versions of monsters in this thing, um, and and lots of Easter eggs for horror movies and such. Nice. Yes, it sounds could not sound more up uh, our and our and and our uh, presumed listeners. I am told that we do have listeners uh, up there, <laughs> up there, up there, alley. Um, yeah, that sounds incredible. So I would say tonally, it's. Um, Totally, it's in line with Wolf Cop, I would say. Nice. It's, it's like Wolf Cop in space. Wolf a... Cop in space <laughs> is uh, is perhaps the most perfect elevator speech I've ever heard in my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also read, uh, like I said, when I was poking out online, a glaring review uh, by one Mr. Tom Atkins. How the hell That's did right. that come about? I was in a movie with Tom. Uh, oh, really? now it's That's been, a, it's been 10 years now. I can't even believe it. But, um, yeah, I was in a, uh, little low budget indie flick that my college roommate, uh, had written and had, you know, Tom's a Pittsburgh guy. Yeah. Uh, he had gotten the script to Tom and he really liked the script and was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this movie. So That's I incredible. had all these scenes with him, was hanging out with him on set it was a blast. And so when I was done with this book, obviously he was like the most famous person <laughs> I knew. Like, Tom, will you please blurb this book? And I, I kind of figured that he would just sort of, you know, he's, he's a busy man. He's doing yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I figured he would just give me like one line or something that I could slap on there. No, he, he read the whole thing and he gave yeah. me a, a great blurb. And really had like a lot to say about it. Well, that's you can tell from it. It's like two paragraphs. You can yeah. tell that he absolutely read it and loved it. And I think the first time I've ever read in a review someone offering to be in the movie version. I know. <laughs> I was like, please, somebody make this movie so that Tom Atkins can be in it. Oh my god, dream come true there. So that that's that that's incredible. Um, so we'll we'll talk a little bit we'll talk a little bit more about I'm sure uh, uh, a lot more about it uh, in your book and your your uh, relationship to uh, werewolves and and lycanthropy at large because we're going to talk about uh, a goddamn werewolf movie here tonight but we have a few different orders of business that we need to address before we get into that first and foremost uh, Gin's got some some beers or what. I got some oh, yeah. ideas, but we can let our guests go first. Yes, oh, there we go. The, look, Steve, always the gentleman. What, what, <laughs> always what the gentleman. <laughs> um, I've got the Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale. Ooh, uh, yeah. 
that tends to be my go-to each October uh, for a pumpkin beer. So this is my first one that I've cracked this season and highly enjoying it. You're, you're a stronger man than I, because I start drinking pumpkin beers the, the first second they hit the shelf, which is about July 4th weekend. That's, oh, that's way too early. I'm a weak October. man. I'm a weak, I'm a weak man, but I, I do drink them the entire way through October, but I have went through a, a six pack of that. And we actually on the show drank that one already this year. Cause it is one of my perennial favorites every year. I make sure I get a six pack of it every damn year. Uh, between that Nosferatu, uh, by Great Lakes. I always grab that one. I think I talked about the last one. And then this year, boy, I've been turned on to the, uh, doesn't sound that, that, uh, sexy of a beer, but the Sam Adams, uh, pumpkin ale. Yeah, it doesn't sound, but it's four and a half percent, and it drinks great, and it's got a real good spice character to it. But um, nice. listen, that's neither here nor there. Steve, what are you, what are you, what are you drinking? <laughs> I don't have a pumpkin beer because we just did a whole bunch of pumpkin stuff on Hop Nation, so I'm out. <laughs> You're all pumpkin out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I have a beer by Union Brothers up by your way. You know, yeah, them. that's right up the road for yeah. me. Uh, they have the How to Summon the Ghost of Marlon Brando. What? That's what a intense that? beer name. That's, that's a little, a, college, that's a little yeah. college radio for me, but all right. A little college radio, yeah. But it's a, let's see if I can get the, yeah, a little. Oh, I yeah. see. It's got a little right. Godfather imagery on there. A little, little IP Godfather, theft. Love yeah. a good IP theft. A little IP theft, but uh, it's a, yeah, it's a hazy double IPA, uh, 8.5%. And it's got that uh, Citra and Cashmere that everybody's mm-hmm. come to love in hazy IPAs. So Yeah. Yeah, the cashmere is a uh, is a hop I'm mixed feelings about, but people seem to freaking love it. That's becoming one of those like I don't want to say cheater hops, like a like a like a galaxy or something. But it's it's in that vein mm-hmm. for sure. People people seem to be loving that one. Yeah, uh, super soft. Yeah, I am drinking perhaps the polar opposite beer uh, of yours, Steve. I am drinking yeah. a uh, a smoked porter. Uh, this is a home brewed uh, smoked porter. Uh, what I affectionately refer to as a home drink um, by uh, Mr. Jack Smith, a friend, uh, friend of ours, um, who may or may not be listening. I don't know. Uh, he's a great home brewer. Um, <laughs> if you like um, just old man shit, uh, go check out Jack's Instagram. It's like bathroom <laughs> remodeling and woodworking and home brewing and just the most old man shit you can imagine. Uh, you're gonna love him. Uh, at at what's it? At yeast at when yeast attacks. Uh, good good guy and an exceptional brewer. Yeah, he uh, he and I got into it on Twitter though because he <laughs> was defending Necco wafers. <laughs> oh, see, oh. that is the most Jack thing. He's but he is that's I'm, old man stuff. Yeah, yeah. Jack's, Jack it, Jack is one thousand years old. By the way, <laughs> just, just an FYI. Oh, vampire! Jack, I get yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Jack, Jack is a vampire. Actually, coincidentally, um, uh, have not said this directly to him, so he may be learning this for the first time. Because I do think he listens to the show. He looks like Colin Robinson from uh, from <laughs> the, oh wow um, the uh, what we do in the shadows a little bit. Yeah. So uh, so he may be an, uh, an energy vampire. I'm, I'm pretty gotcha. sure. Um, but uh, he's he makes a, a a pretty pretty damn tasty uh, smoked porter. It's about six and a half percent. I'm drinking twenty two ounces of it, so that'll get me where i Whoa. need to go yeah. um, so uh here we go let's let's oh let's get into our topic uh for next month so if you're listening to this guys it's crunch time 
spooky mm-hmm. season is upon us. We are in the heart of the spooky season. This is the week of Halloween, essentially, the week leading up to Halloween weekend. Um, so if you're not if you're not pulling out the heavy hitters, right? If you're not if you're not pulling out your Halloweens, if you're not pulling out your 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 ho- your hocuses and your pocuses, pull them out and watch them this week. Because uh, this is this is the week, right? This is the the week leading up to it. So that that being the case, next week will technically be our uh, our showdown episode for November. However, many of the the movies we will be watching leading up to it, we will be watching uh, leading up to Halloween. So the topic, if you recall, which we voted on, uh, or you voted on, our listeners, our social media friends voted on, and I also voted. I don't give a shit. Listen, it's my it's my poll. If I want to vote on, I'll vote on. <laughs> I voted uh, too. Yeah, we hold. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you helped us vote, thank you very much. But we chose, or you chose, haunted houses as the topic. Um, before we announce our our, our picks, um, so you can watch them ahead of time before the the showdown episode next week, if you choose to do so. Before we do that, uh, and if you choose to provide some suggestions for topics, subtopics, you know, mini sode episodes, whatever, or you just want to vote, or you just want to see some spooky ooky shit on the internet uh you can visit us and and follow us on instagram at, at halloween is forever at hallow forever on twitter halloween is forever podcast on facebook it's at halloween is forever pod on tiktoks you got uh, it that's the first time i ever got it guys round of applause that's literally the first time i got it the first try thank you thank you and uh and uh of course uh at halloween is forever pod as well or i'm sorry and <laughs> i sucked up the last one <laughs> halloween is forever pod there's no at at the beginning of an nope. email address guys learn about the internet halloween is forever pod at gmail.com if you want to send us one of them emails um so uh without further ado meg is not here to choose uh, or to announce her topic, but she shared it with us. She is going to be uh, talking about defending a film that I have not seen yet. So I'm excited to watch that this week. It is called His House from 2020, and it is streaming on Netflix. For those of you who are Netflix subscribers, you can check that out this week. Uh, don't know a lot about it. Saw it while scrolling through the Netflixes, uh, but have not watched it. See, have you, have you watched that one yet? I haven't watched it, but I have been interested in watching it and it was almost one that like i was going to research before i made a choice gotcha i just didn't i just didn't have enough time so i couldn't make that i couldn't make that my choice mm-hmm. but yeah it seems uh pretty cool uh uh the plot is seems basically like a uh refuge refugee family mm-hmm. from the sudan finds mm-hmm. themselves in england renting a haunted house or is they're placed in a haunted house yeah so yeah that's kind of the, the general consensus I took from as well. Brandon, did you, you watch this one? I've not seen it yet, no. No. Yeah, this, this will be fun. I'm excited. I, I always love when, when we watch uh, something for the first time. Listen, last week, it really, last month, it really backfired on us, or this month, because <laughs> uh, the only movie we hadn't seen was uh, 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 The Ward. The Ward. <laughs> the Ward by uh, John Carpenter, which was, uh, spoiler alert, pile of shit. Uh, but go ahead and go back and listen. <laughs> go back it and listen. Is- competently made 
confidently made pile of shit. Excuse me. Um, but go ahead and check that one out on our showdown episode, our John Carpenter showdown episode for October, which was a lot of fun. And that was our roulette episode. So that's the one where I had to defend Ghosts of Mars. So which is also a pile of shit. Yeah, I actually fuck, kind fuck of have a soft brain. spot for that movie. It's not <laughs> so, good. Guys, it's terrible. I hate to cancel an episode <laughs> mid recording, but I'm going to have to do it. Brandon, please don't say those types of things to me. <laughs> I think we all agree, like, it, yeah, it yeah, has yeah. the most potential. I know, like, that's if the you, thing that pisses me off about it. It could have been. It was supposed yeah. to be, you know, Escape from Mars or whatever, right? I know, Originally, exactly. and it How fucking so great cool. would that have been? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Well, I'm just, as you can tell, I'm just butthurt because the roulette <laughs> wheel took a big shit right on me, and I ended up with that one. Uh, Meg, Meg did... Uh, um, uh, oh God! All I can think of is Village of the, the Corn. Damned. Village of the <laughs> yeah. Damned. I mean, all I can oh. think of is Children of the Corn. So she she did uh, she did that, and she actually took it took it home. Uh, and that movie is wow. mediocre at best. Yeah. But it was it was up <laughs> against, against a couple those of, two though. <laughs> yeah, right. Up against a couple other real steamers, uh, it did not do. Uh, it did pretty well. So, um, in any case, uh, so here's where I'm at. Okay, Steve, do you do you know what you're picking? Or are you waiting last minute? Or are you making I'm, a judgment call right now? I'm waiting last minute. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to do the same, but I need to consult you on something. Okay. okay. And I understand. I don't. I don't want you to pick my movie for me. I'm not asking for extra help here, but right. I am. I do want to be uh, uh, in agreement around the, the topic here. So. Well, it's because, good that we have Brandon here then, because he's a third party and he's not interested. Yes. He doesn't have to defend any of this. Good shit. point. That's he has no. Right. He has, he has, right. he has no horse. Sure. He has. As as we said in the past, he has no horse in the fight. Uh, we That's are right. very into horse boxing <laughs> here. Um, mm-hmm. So we are into horse fighting, unapologetic supporters of horse fighting. Um, so <laughs> so um, we talked about the only thing that we really established is it needs to be a haunted house movie. It can't be a haunted hospital. It can't be a haunted uh, 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 warehouse or something like that. It's a haunted can't house. can't be Event Horizon. It is a, right. It is a dwelling <laughs> of sorts, right? Um, we also said that um, the the haunting, the nature of the haunting needs to be Steve coined or used the phrase ethereal, meaning, you know, it's it doesn't have to be a ghost or a spirit necessarily, but perhaps it can be something demonic in nature. We don't, you know, um, but 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 something ethereal. Right. It's not cellar dwellers, not a monster, uh, you know, in the basement or the attic or something like that. Now, there is a film that I really enjoy that I think we might have even talked about really briefly on the show before. It is about a, a basically a haunted two or three houses that are right beside each other, like a haunted street, perhaps, would be the best way to say it. Uh, essentially, two houses beside each other and maybe a house across the street, and all of them are haunted by some sort of entity that is related to one another. How do we feel about that? Is that a haunted house movie? You know, it's interesting because I had another thought about a film that's, uh, and I'm not going to pick it because mm-hmm. it's a comedy and I don't know how well I'll survive with that. Yeah. But um, this is a, the movie's called Extraordinary. Okay. And it's about, it's about, it's kind of like a, a British Ghostbusters in a way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there, it would be multiple haunted houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I I don't know if I want to lean down this this path or not. Uh, what, what is the movie? The movie that... is called Terrified. It's an Argentinian film. It mm. is genuinely one of easily the top ten, if not the top five, 
scariest movies I've ever seen. Okay. Uh, and I, and, and we all know that I don't always pick the scariest of movies. I tend to pick the schlocky, you know, eighties <laughs> shit, um, or, or throwback stuff or stuff that's nostalgic to me. This is a movie from, from the last decade. And it is, uh, generally one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Um, I wouldn't mind talking about it, but I'm worried that it doesn't fall within that, that category. And I, I don't... Mean- if it has haunted in house, you know, if yeah. it's multiple houses, it's multiple houses. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it is absolutely a haunted dwelling. So you know what? I'm going to pull the trigger on. I'm going to do terrified. Uh, like I said, it's an it's an Argentinian film. Let me let me get the year because I uh, I forgot to look it up. Um, this is riveting radio 2017 <laughs> me googling 2017's terrified again an argentinian film it's it's fucking fantastic if you've not seen it so even if even if i uh if i get picked apart uh it's uh it is is worth it to um to to spread the gospel of this movie because i think it's fucking great um the other ones that i was kind of thinking of was uh uh we're still here which is mm-hmm. a very classic you know haunted house only from a few years ago with the great barbara crampton um but it's got a great twist to it it very, does. It does. And I was, I, I, I would happily defend that one as well. Yeah. Uh, I would love to do a full Barbara Crampton episode. So that's why I was like, <laughs> oh, hell maybe yeah. I just save that and we can talk about fucking uh, like half of my favorite movies have Barbara Crampton in them. I frankly, I'd like to do a whole chopping mall episode. Um, but, uh, and then the other one I was thinking about was the changeling, which I think is obviously fantastic, but I've already done a George C. Scott movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it's a little, maybe a little predictable. I don't know, because it's probably one of the most famous haunted house movies. Um, so I'm going to go with terrified 2017. Steve, what are you, where, where, where are you at? So I also was wavering on the changeling. Mm. I'm still, I'm not saying that i'm not picking it actually it's a great movie listen <laughs> yeah. i mean obviously i fucking love that movie george c scott i you know i have a soft spot in my heart for him we, right. we did uh brendan we did um which is why i a was religious horror <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're, you're appealing to uh appealing to my my tastes uh mm-hmm. my my very highbrow tastes by the way um <laughs> but we we did a religious horror episode and uh and i took that episode with uh, the exorcist three oh yeah um in our religious horror episode so so that you're 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 back and forth. Well, yeah, I'm back and forth on a, a like five. <laughs> That's a lot. You got to narrow yeah, it yeah. down. Dude. It's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially considering we are actively talking about your pick right in the I know. Second. Yeah, I know. So I had the I had the changeling yeah. as one of them. Yeah. Uh, Legend of Hell House. Okay. Uh, an older, another older film. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. <sighs> Hell House LLC. Okay. And that is like I feel like that I one. I say pick is, that one. That. Yeah. <laughs> but does it count as a dwelling? It does. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's a hotel. Right. That's the that's one of the reasons why because it's technically a haunted house for sure, but it's not a home. It's a right. haunted house. Like it's a. <laughs> it's not it's a, a house. It's it it's is a, a hotel that is a. Haunt. It's a haunted attraction that they would right. call a haunted house, right? Right. Right. But it's not a haunted home, so we didn't. No. Right. <laughs> listen, listen. This is what I always say. Yep. A haunted house is does not is not necessarily a haunted home. Right. <laughs> live, laugh, li- live, live, laugh, love. Yeah. So, I have a move that I could pull that would be a real dick move. <laughs> okay. The Shining. So oh. I I ruled that one out as well because it's again it's not a haunted house it's a hotel. But the, I mean that's we very already, much a hotel. Like 
it's it's literally like, called the overlook. Like, like, you know, overlook hotel. Yeah. Come on. We talked right, about no how specifically you can't pick a haunted hotel, and Steve goes, "The Shining." But no, but the people live there. No. <laughs> Brandon has spoken. The answer is no. Look, I know you're right. It's just such a good movie. I think it's my only way to win. Yes, we, we all want to do The Shining, Steve. It's my only way. It's my only way to win. Um, but fine. The the other the other dick move that I can pull is uh, Beetlejuice. So I actually looked at that as well. And, yeah. and and here's why I didn't pick Beetlejuice because I fucking love Beetlejuice. Is I did not think that it was pure horror. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's also why I wavered on ex- extraordinary because mm-hmm. it's not scary enough. Yeah, but I feel like Beetlejuice does have enough horror elements. I mean, it, it scared the shit out of me as a kid. That's for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. I actually had when my list was longer. I had Beetlejuice, but I'm still um, a little butt hurt. I'm still a little sensitive to the being told a hundred times that Hush is not a slasher movie. Get so out. now I'm very yeah. It's so, not. Yes. It's not. So I've been told multiple times a, that that's the case. How is it uh, not a slasher movie? What it's, is it's it then? Not, Brandon, well, it, is it definitely a slasher wasn't. Movie. It definitely wasn't the best slasher movie. No, it was playing well, with the tropes. Yes, it, 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 sure. It's, it played with some of the tropes, but it just wasn't. It just not. You guys need to stop being such Mike Flanagan stands. All he well, does is, is write long ass diatribe monologues. <laughs> yeah, and boring ass camera. I, mean, I haven't seen Midnight Mass yet, so I can't comment on that. But I, I enjoyed what he did. No, he, he's, he's fine. And honestly, Doctor Sleep is great. Like mm-hmm. it, it's probably his best thing. Like Doctor yeah, Sleep's great, probably. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, just Hush isn't the best slasher when put up against Maniac and the town that dreaded sundown. Uh, so it wasn't the original Maniac. It was the oh, Elijah see, did Wood Did you hear Maniac. that O from Brandon? That's way more agreeable. It was It was the <laughs> That Elijah is more Wood. of a slasher. He's, yes, it is correct. more slasher. It's more of one. Yes. But that's that wasn't that topic wasn't which is the most true to genre. Oh, Fair. oh, okay. oh the topic isn't what's most true to genre. So then yeah. Beetlejuice <laughs> may not be the most true to genre, but it no, might be not. the best film. It might be. It, it might, might be. be. But it's a balancing act, guys. I think that I think that's act. a cool uh, out of the box thinking right there. It is definitely a haunted house. Yeah. Playing with those tropes, so yeah. Listen, I'm not going to argue if you want to. Okay. It, it, but you know what? If if Meg and I decide to gang up and tell you that it's not haunted house enough or not horror enough, you got to accept the consequences because that's what happened to me last time. I dare you two to be such shits <laughs> to talk badly about Michael <laughs> Keaton. I, I fucking know. dare you. <laughs> I can't I believe I nobody's doing uh, House to the Second Story. I, uh, I I actually thought about House the the, the original House of course yeah. um, right. but uh, which yeah, is that, the that, better movie right it is I, for sure certainly so <laughs> yeah House two is uh, is is um, they went with a different Cheers cast member uh, <laughs> instead of going with with uh, who so um, uh, oh what what's his name the guy who was in the first uh, George Wynn. Was George in the first Went, one. But, yeah, right, George right. Went, but it was uh, not Norm. What's his nuts is the electrician. I can't remember his name. Yeah, my yeah. God. Cliff Clavin is in the second one. Yes. Uh, yeah, Cl- Cliff Clavin plays a, short, a smaller character in the, first, in, the, in, the, in the second one. But uh, um, yeah, any John case, Ratzenberger. This, 
John Ratzenberger. Cliff Clavin is all I could think of. <laughs> God damn, John minute. Ratzenberger. Yeah. Um, old yes. Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Old, oh, old, yeah. Toy, old Slinky Dog. And, no, no, he's uh, he's Mr. Potato no. Head, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Mr. No, Potato or, Head. Yeah, is he, yeah, Mr. Potato Head, because uh, Jim Varney is Slinky Dog. Is he? Wait, no, he's not the pig, is he? Is he the pig? Or oh, is he... yeah, no, you might. He might be the pig. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Listen, guys, we're not talking Toy Story. That's not the name of the topic here, guys. <laughs> I don't know. Toy Stop. Story's pretty fucking scary. Those things. It's Toy Story life. Three is terrifying. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so, what's what's your pick? What's your pick? Yeah, no, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Beetlejuice. Okay, Beetlejuice. All right. Fine. Fine. Listen, I'm not going to argue about watching Beetlejuice the week before Halloween. I'm all about <laughs> right. it. Yeah. I, lo- I fucking love that movie. It's great. So, all right. Uh, so, we've talked about beers. We've talked about uh, our, our picks for next week. Um, let's jump into... Uh, a little flick called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, so this is, uh, this was the f- second time watch for me. This came out last year. Uh, I was thinking it came out in 2019, but it came out in 2020. And I remember watching it right, right when it came out, it popped up, you know, in, in some capacity, uh, streaming somewhere, really dug it, rewatched it again today. And, uh, and, and, and frankly, I think I liked it even more. Was this a, a first time watch, uh, for you guys? Uh, yes, it was a first watch for me. Uh, it had been on my list ever since it had come out. You know, I periodically will just Google new horror movies and right, see right. what's coming out and make a list of, Oh, I need to watch this. And of course, anything that has werewolves, I'm, gonna add to that list uh so i i had been wanting to watch it for a while so when steve mentioned hey we're gonna talk about this do you want to hop on the podcast i was like absolutely it just gives yeah. me an excuse to finally put that on <laughs> nice <laughs> was this first time for you steve no i had seen it before and mm-hmm. i kind of picked it for multiples of reasons because mm-hmm. one i didn't know if you had seen it I didn't know if yeah. Brandon had seen it. Um, also, you know, we had werewolves on that list for November, but right. it didn't get picked. But and we'll get into it. But I don't know if this one necessarily classifies as a werewolf movie. Well, we can talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. But the other reason why I picked it was because uh, Jim Cummings, who is mm. kind of the director, writer, and main star of this film, yep. was also just in Halloween Kills. So I yep. thought that was a nice kind of little thread together. Yeah, I knew that I knew him uh, from something um, when I saw him in Halloween Kills. And then when I watched this today, I was like, oh, shit. OK, that's where I know him from. Yeah, he, he's fucking great, by the way. So so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, let's 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 jump into it. Let's talk about this flick a little bit. So like I said, it came out last year, directed and starring. And you said written by as well, uh, Jim, Jim Cummings, who he played um, the partner of young Officer Hawkins, right? Yeah. in uh in uh, in halloween kills so he's the one that hawkins accidentally shoots in the throat uh if you haven't seen uh halloween kills yet spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um it's not it, honestly not that consequential um no. but but we uh we i guess if you listen to the show you know we did halloween kills last week but in any case um 
Yeah, so he, he is, uh, not coincidentally, perhaps, I don't know, uh, also another small-town cop in this one. Uh, and the, the dude's just kind of dealing with a lot, uh, including, you know, a lot of, like, emotional anger issues, recovering alcoholic, you know, messy divorce, um, you know, plus his dad's the sheriff and is kind of deteriorating, you know, physically and mentally. He's kind of dealing with that. So, um, and, and all of a sudden, a whole series of, of grisly murders uh, start happening in this small what i gleaned was a utah in uh, uh ski yes. town i think they mentioned utah at some point mm-hmm. uh, but this small kind of mountain uh mountain ski town so and and it's him kind of trying to juggle all this insanity in his life uh a lot of really inept uh cops on his force he's kind of the de facto chief because like i said his dad who's a longtime chief is kind of like mentally de- and physically deteriorating kind of rapidly so he's a lot of this stuff's falling on his shoulders and the whole thing is kind of you know when whether or not he's up to the task and um the thing that i loved about this one i found this so charming there was a lot of things i liked about this but but one of them is um the 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 super dark you know black comedy element of it Mm -hmm. um jim cummings is genuinely has really great comedic timing i think um and 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 that's yeah i love the the whole aspect of like so many of the jokes come from him just berating people because he does not <laughs> suffer fools gracefully i would say no. um and, and he has a lot of um a lot of darkness inside him i would say as well <laughs> that, that kind of bubbles to the surface um yeah so that so uh and early on there's a there's a tourist murdered uh you know and the whole town is kind of shook by this so um you know they start investigating it and the boyfriend survived which the boyfriend that guy and i don't know his name off the top of my head Dim, uh, he jimmy is, tatro yeah he is um upon first glance the most like broy douche in the world, but he's yeah. so funny in everything he's in. Yeah, like I, he genuinely is really good. He was in that American uh, American Scandal, was it? American that was on Scandal. Netflix. I want to say American on Slacker. I know that's not it. <laughs> uh, American Scandal. Yeah, that was the one with where they drew the dicks all over the cars and right. stuff. <laughs> he was fucking great in that. That was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but he's in a lot of stuff. I feel like he's been in a ton of stuff in the last you know eight or ten years. Mm-hmm. I think he's actually playing young Burt Kreischer. In the Burt Kreischer movie that's coming up, that's based off that the machine joke. If you've ever heard it, if it, oh, is that the one where he's like, I, I'm not a big, I, I know who Burt Kreischer right, is, right. and I've I've heard him do some bits about like, is that the one where he's like hanging out with the Russian mobsters yeah, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Like, okay, it, I've yeah, heard there, that. There's a movie based off that viral video coming out. Okay, and Jimmy plays yeah. Burt in that movie, I believe. So <laughs> nice, nice. Yes, I, he he definitely gives off very frat boy vibes mm-hmm. and he and he plays that to uh, uh to a t you know in, right. in a lot of movies so um so you know the, you're kind of getting to know him several murders kind of play out we won't go through the whole plot synopsis but i i do really enjoy there is a fair amount of i wouldn't say a ton of gore although you do see like body parts and things like that so there are there there is gore for sure um but I would just say there is a lot of suggestion of kind of intense violence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's so true. This, yeah. yeah. So like the murderer, um, who you don't know who it is, uh, you don't know what it is, um, is is in a highly vicious, uh, highly violent 
uh, these are highly violent murders. The, the the victims are being kind of torn limb from limb. In some inst- in most instances, parts of their body are being taken, um, and uh, yeah. So this leads the rest of the the cops, which most of them are absolute shitheads. Um, <laughs> they're leading them to believe that it is some sort of wild animal. Yeah. Um, and they're constantly being told, you know, it's a wild animal. Even the one, the one cop jumps right to werewolf. I love that he's just like, I don't give a shit. He's like, I've been watching a lot of History Channel. He's talking about how yeah. he, thinks it, he thinks it's a werewolf. And uh, and and uh, uh, Jim Cummings, who's his uh, uh, his name in the film is John. John is is steadfast that it's a it's a it's a person, right? It's a human it just nailed that dark comedy like this idea that he's kind of like this loose cannon he's really kind of selfish and unstable but he like keeps trying to keep it together while he's dealing with all these types of like incompetence and stuff like that so um and you were talking earlier about how uh there the violence is a lot of implication and not mm -hmm. necessarily shown and that's all that also comes with like the editing of the film because yeah, I, w- I was going to comment on that as well, but you go ahead and make your point. Uh, yeah, yeah, but like a lot of the time, the murders are edited with the aftermath. Yeah, uh, when like John and the cops are on the crime scene, and yeah. John is like having his anger issues and freaking out, mm-hmm. and then it's in, it's intercut with you know uh, the werewolf murdering somebody or a yeah. woman really. He only murders women, but right. And even in the one part where where uh, so this would have been the second murder where he m- murders this um, snowboard instructor, you know, you kind of get this very like shaky cam disorienting shot of her kind of being mauled. And they're very careful. So uh, I'll take a step back. Uh, they, they they're kind of showing her getting mauled and all that stuff. And all of a sudden she sits up. She seems relatively unscathed, and then she pulls her arm up, and it's gone. Right, she's yeah. missing an arm. Yeah. So it's a it's it's a lot of that, like after the fact, like you said, you don't necessarily see the arm getting cut or, or ripped off, but you do see the aftermath of of that. Obviously, I thought the editing was interesting. Um, you know, the first time that it had happened, and I believe that that one was with the snowboarder, because mm-hmm. of course the the first kill you just don't see. Right. Um, I was kind of like, what the. F- what is going on? It is night. Yeah. It is day. What is happening? Uh, yeah. And and at that point, I wasn't sure whether that was actually effective. But then, when that was repeated, and I knew what was going on, I, I kind of grew to like it more. And, mm-hmm. and it did make that attack. The attack was still emotionally impactful, but it kept the focus very much on John's character. And not so much on like the the violence or the gore of, of the attack, even though we were kind of seeing it, it was all still funneled through that focus on John. That, that yeah. was pretty cool. That was a smart idea. Yeah, you were seeing it secondhand as opposed yeah. to being like being like I think we talked about this when we talked about the Maniac, um, the the Maniac remake, where it's like it was so intimate and so lingering on the kills. Like for example, the one you know in the parking lot. Not to spend too much time on that movie, but you almost felt like you were like. Uh, a participant in the attack because it was lingering on it so much like this is you almost feel removed from it right because yeah. you, you're it, it's like you are being told a very vivid story almost mm-hmm. so one of the things I we can jump into it pretty quickly here but it, it's common uh, wolfman lore that werewolves and lycanthropy were always 
a metaphor for alcoholism in mm-hmm. early film. So yeah. I, it's, it seems like this is, well, I mean, it's obviously playing on that because John is an alcoholic in this film. Mm. And yeah. anytime you're seeing those inner cuts of like him being overly stressed, overly worked, I don't think he's started drinking again at that point. But it's just the rage and everything that bubbles up in him that like has him attacking coworkers, screaming at people, and yeah. you just like you can just feel it all bubbling up because it's the the snappiness of the dialogue. And although it's comedic, it's also just very quick. And then mm-hmm. the quick cuts with the attacks happening. It, yeah, he's very obviously running those parallels at the same yeah. time. Yeah, and he even kind of alludes to it later in in, in this kind of like. Uh, personal kind of one-on-one scene with him and and we haven't got to but uh, uh, another officer that kind of they they have a a level of trust and she's the only other really kind of competent officer on the force is her name's Julia and she's played by Ricky Lindholm Um, he kind of is processing this to himself and again kind of like self-absorbed dude you know going through a lot of stuff he's just sitting there talking about uh werewolves and like the lore and you know and how you know it was oftentimes uh you know it was just people like going going crazy and then they would blame it on they got turned into wolf so he kind of talks about that a little Mm -hmm. bit and he even says something along the lines of like is this like women are always worried about being attacked kind of thing she (laughs) just looks at him like you fucking deep shit like (laughs) this is the first time you've put yourself in that ever in your life um but yeah he even kind of like literally almost says it on the nose you know he's not Mm -hmm. referring to himself obviously but they just did a great job of like adding really displaying his not just him ramping up the anxiety and the frustration but showing what is contributing to it where it's like 10 people talking at the same time i love that scene where they find um find the snowboarder in the parking lot there's all these things going on and they're like the camera's kind of circling him almost you know as as he's kind of talking to all these people and and it just kind of really communicates that overwhelming level of of frustration but um but yeah so so ricky lingholm's character julia she's super friendly she's kind of this like prim and i don't say prim and proper but like much more buttoned up uh professional but also also has this degree of like um uh even though it's utah almost has this degree of like midwestern passive aggressive charm thing going on too uh <laughs> that you get in her you know basically blackmailing the guy into taking down the sign on the grocery yeah. store and yeah, all that yeah. sort of stuff. um but she seems to be the one with the most kind of detective experience as well so she's like the lead by example type of person and uh and john is of course trying to be the leader but is you know stumbling um yeah jo- i i i I was going to say, John is more like de facto the sheriff because his mm-hmm. dad is the sheriff. And right. so everybody, because it's a small town, everybody expects him to take over. Sure. So right. I do love the one, the one part where they're, where, again, where they're in the, that, that parking lot scene, he's yelling at everybody or whatever. And the guy just screams something to the, to the reporter who clearly hears it and starts rolling up his window. And he's like, I forget the odd cop's name is, but he's like, come take a walk. Come on, let's go yeah. take a walk. And he takes him over in the woods, just smacks him in the face, starts beating the shit out of him. <laughs> just like goes from just frustrating, unprofessional screaming to I'm just going to physically assault you. I'm just going to literally take you in the woods and beat the shit out of you. Um, I, I love that part. Yeah. So we're, uh, Brandon, as a werewolf expert. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. How much werewolf expert right here? Yes. Yeah. 
How much? Uh, how much of this? You is... guys can't tell C. Brandon right now, but he is actually wearing like a professor's coat. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's got, got the patches. Like a, he, he's got an ascot. I, he's oh, got a pipe. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as all the what? How much of this has like stuck with other werewolf films? Because we're kind of getting into how this is less of a werewolf film and more of somebody who's dealing with their problems. But yeah, how much? How much do you see in like John's character with other werewolf films and just, you know, the werewolf stuff in general? I mean, obviously, one of the things that I thought was really cool about the movie is that it plays with your expectations. Um, And it does that in a couple of ways. One is that obviously you go in expecting that it's a werewolf movie. So when John is saying, no, it's not a werewolf, other people are saying, yes, it is. um, You as the audience are saying, yeah, it is. You know, you, you, you came in for a werewolf movie. Um, yeah. And then especially adding in the things that uh, Steve was talking about with the alcoholism uh, parallels and, and even just like the general kind of spiraling that you're seeing with John's character. And then, you know, the, the editing that we were talking about earlier um, definitely makes you question whether he is actually the werewolf and doesn't know mm-hmm. it. Um, but what I thought... When I was done with the movie, um, because I was very much expecting a werewolf movie, mm-hmm. um, was in a nutshell, I kind of saw it as, as a little bit of the the anti-howling, um, kind of the reverse howling. You know, when you watch the howling, and obviously we all know that the howling is a werewolf movie going mm-hmm. in at this point. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Spoiler alert, guys. The howling... <laughs> Is a werewolf movie, <laughs> but it it plays you know very much for for like half its runtime. It's you know about this killer, right? And mm-hmm. and then it is showing you, oh no, there's something supernatural going on. He is a werewolf, and, and all of the other werewolf stuff that's happening. Um, and then this, you know, you are expecting that right from the outset. You think that this something is supernatural going on. And then it flips the script on you, um, even after showing you the the creature. You know, there's that, that that's one the, my great favorite shot, part, honestly. Yeah. You know, uh, I th- was it was it with the, the snowboarder? I think it was. It was. You know, yeah, you, is, you yeah. see that that first shot of the the werewolf on the left and she's on the right, and it looks great. I was like, oh man, that looks like actually a pretty good werewolf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, st- um, it stands up in the full moon and everything. You yeah, go, oh, right. Damn. <laughs> cool as shit. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, later there are moments where it looks like a guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. But as a movie watcher, you're like, well, you know, I'll give them a pass. It's probably yeah. not high budget. They're right. trying their best. And then when you find out what's really going on, it was like, I know. I love movies that are like they they the movie almost plays not just your expectations from a script perspective, but it actually plays off of your expectations of the filmmaker's capabilities. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like uh, and and the, the effects and the budget and all those things because it's it it absolutely plays into that a little bit because there are times where I I truly believe looking back intentionally they were like let's not make it look too much like a werewolf you know what i mean we need to have that a little bit Uh, but i remember the first time i saw it i was like 
you saw the werewolf. You know what I mean? It has to be a werewolf, but then you keep second-guessing yourself. And, of course, it parallels the experience that John is going through because he is dead goddamn set that it's a man. It's a human, right? Mm -hmm. But he questions himself. He keeps questioning himself. And we don't trust uh, him either as we're going. No, because he is an unreliable narrator. Having so much Mm -hmm. trouble in everything. We're like, you're wrong, man. Yeah. Fucking falling apart. <laughs> I think the other thing that that I really, really appreciate about this movie, and, and just especially just coming off of Halloween Kills, which um, I, I've softened on on uh, a little bit since our we our discussion last week, but it is softened in that I really didn't like it initially and now i'm thinking back on it and thinking maybe i liked it more than i thought i did but in any case um you can tell it's way right. heavy on my mind um so this i love that they they go into those themes of vulnerability and self-doubt and and mental health and substance abuse and all those things but it never feels preachy mm-hmm, it true. never feels like fart sniffy you know what i mean whereas like halloween kills does Damn. you know what i mean like they're getting into yeah. this whole like mob mentality and all this type of stuff but it very much feels like it's they're doing it from on high, uh, you know, in kind of a pompous, pompous, preachy way. And this never feels that way. And, and honestly, like, it, it's pretty, his substance abuse is treated kind of, you know, as funny for a long, yeah, for a, a little long flippant, time. Little yeah. flippant, perhaps. For a yeah. long time. And I would say up until the point where, like, his daughter is trying to put him to bed. And yeah, he, that's and pretty, like, he's yeah. pretty, like, he's just, like, screaming about being a loser. And she's yelling at him, mm-hmm. just go to bed. Like, I think yeah. that's kind of the turn of when it becomes like, yeah. oh, this is like not funny per se anymore. Yeah. Like when right. he falls, yeah, when he pra- mean, falls through the oven, that's still kind of funny. Oof. That was <laughs> yeah, funny. It was, it was a good fall. Something like, oh, about shit. somebody yeah. chugging mouthwash is pretty dark right. to me. That was, um, I, yeah. But, uh, but yes, the fall. My partner the even oven. turned to me and was like, dude. Really do that? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it was was the only alcohol in his house, so that's what he went to. Right, right. I, uh, I, I, w- I am here to say that yes, people do chug mouthwash. I, uh, living on the y- north side of Youngstown, Ohio, I watched many people oh, drink God. mouthwash, um, <laughs> like walking down the street drinking mouthwash. Um, Let but, me jump uh, in uh, to make another parallel to yeah, Halloween yeah. Kills. And that is that, uh, you know, my big problem with Halloween Kills was that it was just all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I oh, had yeah. many, you know, many critiques, but basically that was the issue. If they could have, mm-hmm. like, kept their focus on the main characters, whoever those were supposed to be, because I'm not really right. sure, um, right. it could have, it, it had so much potential. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so what was really actually great about this movie was it was so character focused. It was so yeah. much on John and what he was going through, and I believed it. And even when you know things were played for laughs, and and there were definitely like a lot of funny moments, I really felt for that character when mm-hmm. he went, you know, really low. I was like, oh, man, that sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Good. I, I well, like and it also shows. It also kind of shows like how to do, and again, it's different because it's comedic, but it kind of shows how to do these kind of monologue type of, of scenes with an actor mm. where, and it probably helps that he was 
directing himself, obviously. But, you right. know, when when they do that in because we were talking about in and first of all, agree 100 percent Halloween kills. It's like it's so overstuffed. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. just didn't, didn't feels like there was so many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. Right. But th- this movie, it, it, it definitely feels like a, a, a very singular focus, very singular viewpoint. Um, but even when they would do these very kind of monologue type speeches in Halloween kills, you're like, that's not how people talk. Um, mm-hmm. This they did that, but it felt it was mostly um, John at the AA meetings, right? Just standing there talking to right, no one, right. everyone off screen, right? But it felt like he was talking to people, and of course, it helps that it was so jokey. Um, mm-hmm. It kept your attention, and you know, he was leaning on his kind of you know comedic timing and everything. But I just felt like it was th- that, like if you're going to do that sort of thing, that's that's the way to mm-hmm. do it. You know what I mean? Um, again, benefiting from. Directing himself, right. I'm sure. Uh, right. <laughs> he, he knows what his vision is in his head, yeah. right? But um, the, the other yeah. part of that, and again, not to keep harping on Halloween Kills, but both of these movies have similar parallels in that they, even though uh, the Wolf of uh, Snow Hollow is focused mainly on uh, John, you still get a feel for Julia, and like she has mm-hmm. her own character arc. His daughter has her own kind of a space that she moves through and mm-hmm. you also get the feeling of like how it affects the town which is right. very similar like yeah. halloween kills was going for this larger scope stephen king-esque you know how does michael myers affect a town but we see the same mm-hmm. thing in this movie is like how does a werewolf affect this small you know sleepy snow town so but mm-hmm. it, i think this one does it more effectively because you know that john is the main character but you still mm-hmm. see enough of the other townspeople, especially in that scene where they're all getting interrogated, and they're yeah. all just yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're, <laughs> they're all just saying those outlandish yeah. shit. <laughs> it's like you don't call me a sex worker. I don't do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how insulting that is? I love to the uh, my favorite line up, up to this point was uh, when. <laughs> He goes to his daughter and he's trying to be like this, you know, he's trying to be a good dad. And he's he's not trying to alarm her, but he's obviously worried for her safety with this, you know, killer on the loose. And he's like, uh, no, no, everything's fine. Uh, by the way, do you still have that pepper spray I got you for communion? <laughs> that just stuck with me. Something about communion presence is very yeah. funny. And the idea of getting somebody pepper spray for communion is just such a like pragmatic, weird cop dad thing. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> It, it's even weirder because like i don't know it's obviously i don't go to church that much anymore and i don't yeah. have the fucking basis but i'm pretty sure like in yeah. catholic church communion you do is something in like second grade like yeah you're you're like oh, a little yeah. kid yeah yeah yeah, yes. yeah. I, you're like seven yeah. Years old. Yeah. so he got his yeah. daughter pepper spray for her seventh like <laughs> when <Yeah>. she's seven <laughs> yeah um, my other favorite favorite line up to this point was you know during the the, the investigation like I said after the snowboarder uh, gets killed and he's like you're a bad police officer you should have pursued computer science because you're bad at this it's just like incredibly poignant cutting insults I, I just love somebody who's like not like you're an asshole or like just getting frustrated he's just like I'm gonna cut you to your core and i hope it yeah. hurts you like that's my favorite type of yeah insult. there's yeah there's so many brutal instances of that and but i think my favorite line delivery is when he's in the library and mm-hmm. the librarian wakes him up 
just, my god, just, that was, that so was the strangest thing. Yeah. Like he's disoriented. He just woke yeah, up. Just, just the fuck you. He's like, fuck you. Fuck. <laughs> he's so, he's so upset and scared and terrified. And then, and then he, he doesn't like apologize. He double downs and basically says, "If you were somebody else, I would have shot yeah. you." Yeah, <laughs> and it would have been lights crazy. out for Ray. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and the guy, guy's not like, oh my god, what's wrong with you? He's just like, no, really? he's okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's shocked. He's stunned. He can't move. But did you? I mean, we just went around the horn. But Brandon, did you have like a specific line or you know just moment that really stuck out? Oh man, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't make notes on specific lines. Um, but one thing that that we haven't talked about that. Um, I did want to mention was the scenes with Robert Forrester and especially the scenes um, between Jim Cummings and Robert Forrester Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. father and son. Um, I thought that, I mean, Forrester just fucking nailed it as Oh, he's he's a fucking icon, horror icon, right? And I didn't even mention at the top of the show, he plays... John's dad, he plays the current sheriff, right. the one that's like we said is kind of is kind of falling off. I mean, they were they were just so there was so much chemistry there mm-hmm. between the two of them. I, I thought that those those scenes were were particularly fantastic. Yeah, um, and I guess that was his maybe his last Forrester's last uh, role. One of them. It's got to be close, right? Yeah, yeah. it's got to be close. He passed not not long after that, and the film right? was dedicated, Ooh, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're. Pre- yeah. I didn't even the, notice that because I was going to say I thought he passed in early 2021, but no, it must have been 2020. It was 2020. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, I looked it up. It was. It was basically right after the pandemic. Yeah. 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 Because it was this one, and then he also did the Breaking Bad El Camino movie, which I think. Oh, I think yeah. also was dedicated yeah. to him. So it's it's just a matter mm-hmm. of like, I think he filmed a whole bunch of things, you know, in a span. And like, yeah, it's just hard, right. whenever one comes out, because <laughs> there's a, there's always mm-hmm. bound to be something that's held up in production because it doesn't yeah. have money or whatever, and it gets released three mm-hmm. years after somebody's you know passing. And you go, ah, well, <laughs> was that really his last right. film? <laughs> is that what he right, is right. that what he would want to be known for, <laughs> or would he want to be known for <laughs> yeah. El Camino or you know <laughs> the Wolf of Snow Hollow? Yeah. Or, or Snow Dogs right. for you know, <laughs> Santa Paws or some shit like that. Well, we'll say, uh, for Mr. Forrester's sake, that this was the last one because I thought he did it. Oh, yeah. It, he's fantastic in this. Yeah. And I, lo- I love the way like his character, in a way, mirrors John's character because he's so adamant about not giving up his position. He's you know doesn't want to step down. He thinks he can still handle it. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what John's going through is John thinks he can handle everything and he's not willing to give up his power or authority, right. you know, or his position. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. He, when he eventually kind of tells his dad that like, Hey, you're done, you know, I'm, I'm making the call here kind of thing. Like I can't do this anymore. It's uh even for as little screen time as as Robert Forster had, you you felt mm-hmm. for him, right? He just oh, he, yeah. he's 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 one of those guys that's like he's so impactful on screen. You would swear he was on screen for thirty minutes, and he was probably right. twelve. You know what I mean, or, or ten, or something and, like that. So, and not to not to like be a dick about it or anything, but like he's definitely playing like a Cameron Mitchell role because he's all yeah. he's half the time sitting. So like mm-hmm. he's you know he's always you know, he's not he's there acting he's giving his best performance he's 
doing better than Cameron Mitchell usually did because he was mostly <laughs> drunk. But you know, yeah, they just wheeled him in in like a literally <laughs> right. wheelbarrow. Yeah, but you know, he's he, he, you can tell he's you know kind of older and that he's towards the end. But you know, he's mm-hmm. still there, just giving it a, his all, and it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and he had great line delivery. Oh yeah, you know, he wasn't phoning it in. No, no, not at all. No, a lot of emotion to it. A lot of like, uh, yeah, he's just, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that you could listen to him read the phone book, right? It's yeah. Right. But, so at this point, you know, the, 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 the pursuit of the killer is ramping up. Um, uh, his daughter, uh, John's daughter, um, sneaks out and is with her boyfriend in his car and the car is attacked by uh by the quote-unquote wolf and then uh a neighbor calls john shows up just starts just going pog wild with the 12 gauge just literally blasting people's cars (laughs) just going going commando on everybody um and and then he's the, the scene that was a pretty again you know testament to the performance um the the daughter you know really funny but heart heartbreaking to a certain extent but also just like a yeah, good for you kind of thing when she basically tells him, like, you're a fucking asshole, kind of, you know, basically yeah. in the middle of the street when she's standing there in her underwear. And my favorite line was like, I'm bleeding from the fucking skull. Take me to the hospital. And he just gets, <laughs> in the, gets, in the car, gets in his cruiser. It's like, you're fucking just goes off yeah. on him. Um, she, she was great. I, I didn't, I didn't take the, and I should have, I didn't take the time to go and kind of look what else she's been in. I know I, I feel like I've seen her in other things, um, but she, she, I feel like her performance, even though again, she wasn't on screen a ton, she did a great job. So he shoots, uh, you know, takes a shot at him, uh, the, the killer gets away. They then go and find the other the other cop who is basically folded up in a trash can. Um, right. So so you know again uh, escapes once again. This reminds me of the scene from Ghosts of Mars when they blow <laughs> uh, the guy's finger off. Okay. And it's the scene when John goes in his his daughter's in the hospital and he like uses her finger while she's sleeping to unlock her phone apparently sees pictures on there he's not happy about assumingly of her and her boyfriend uh right. doing something he's not happy about just breaks into the kid's parents house and beats the shit out of him and tries to strangle him <laughs> like just goes it just goes off the fucking he's rails out of his mind uh, at that point he just is a rampant and then the, the funny thing is like such as like small town type of thing um the mom when she realizes that it's the police officer right. in his house beating him up. She then turns on what the son too. Like, what did you do? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> like, yeah. A man broke in your house and started assaulting your son in his bed. And she's like, "What did you do? Like, you uh, clearly deserve yeah. this." It, whatever that um, awful makeshift makeshift mask he had on. Like, <laughs> it looked like a pair of underwear yeah. or a t-shirt. Just a t-shirt he put up. over his head. It just looked ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, this is when uh, obviously he he kind of hits rock bottom, and then so he says some of the kind of darker uh, scenes kind of happen of him like hitting rock bottom and his his alcoholism, his stress, and all those sorts of things. Um, they never explain this, and I want to get you guys' take mm-hmm. on this. And we're kind of we're kind of accelerating towards the end of the movie here, but um, they show a couple of times this this guy. You never get a really full front look at his face until like later on, but they don't focus on him as a character or anything. But you do this, get this cutaway just from the audience's point of view of this guy. He's this kind of buff, big, intimidating, scary looking dude with a wolf tattoo. You see him at some point earlier burning one of the victim's bodies, right? So you clearly. Or somebody's body. 
You don't I mean, know, it, right? Yeah. We don't know that it's one of the victims that we saw on screen, correct? Technically, yes, you're right. You, you, that's a good point. You don't know that it's necessarily one of the victims that they that they knew was there or anything. Right. But anyway, he's burning someone's body. But they do say later that they found one of the missing people's body on his property. Right. Uh, but in any case, he, you are absolutely being led to believe in kind of a very much a red herring situation that he is a werewolf. He's the werewolf, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, he then, you later see him, uh, I assume, OD uh, on heroin. He's shooting up, uh, falls out, and either you know ODs or freezes to death or something, right? Passes out, and he's in a, a you know a trailer, kind of in the middle of this like rural setting. And they find him, they take him in, and they pin the whole thing on him. He's this big giant guy. Uh, he has prior arrests and assault and battery, and they found the body and blah blah blah, all this stuff. They've they've solved the the mystery in his head. Well, you know, visually, let me just throw this in there. Visually, too, you had seen a wolf go into that trailer, mm-hmm. and then you saw a man was in the trailer, and you didn't see the two of them together right, right. until he died. Yeah. And then you saw the wolf come. Yeah, and, and there was there was another, like, kind of leading shot of, like, when he's in his trailer, and, like, I think he's cooking on a spoon or just cooking drugs in some way, but then they pull out, and they you see him in the trailer, and just, like, above it is, like, a half moon. So you get the sense, yeah, get the sense yeah, that like right. this is what he does when he's not killing; he's just doing some right. sort of drug. So. Yeah. So is the is the so obviously uh, I don't think I need to say spoiler alert at this point. We've talked quite a bit about this, but we're about to spoil the end of the movie. You ultimately come to learn, and we'll talk about the scene in a second, um, that there's an entirely separate person, uh, a local uh, uh, taxidermist, who is the killer. Um, and, and you get, you get this, you had been introduced to him in some capacity, even though you never saw his face when he was talking to the one later victim in that Mm -hmm. diner, you know, uh, with, with the kid. Um, are we meant to believe that he was working in, in connection with the guy who was the actual killer? Uh, and he was paying him to get rid of bodies or like what what, what no you... i don't i don't think so i think the whole connection between the the red herring killer and mm-hmm. is and the body that was found is i think that was just like maybe somebody that was doing drugs with him and they od'd oh okay you know they okay. od'd and then he burned their body because like he doesn't okay. want to draw attention to him doing drugs he sure. you know right that's a good I point. didn't necessarily pick up on that, but I, I definitely didn't think that that they had anything to mm-hmm. do with each other, that it was uh, just a total misdirect on the part okay. of the movie. A coincidence again. that there was somebody else, yeah. Yeah, and playing again with our expectations, right? You know, we see that dude, and especially with the, the camera work showing the, the pet wolf come in and yeah. and not seeing the two of them on screen like we're, we're led to believe. Oh, you know, this guy looks like trailer park version of Joe Mangello from uh, True Blood, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I buy it. He's a werewolf. Pittsburgh's native son. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but so the guy who ended up, again, spoiler alert, being the killer, uh, that was the guy who we saw very early on um, in the car after the first murder uh, you know, the, the cops are putting up the tape or whatever. And yeah. the one cop is like, uh, oh, it's, it's a chemical spill. And the 
his partner is like, what are you telling these people? It's a chemical spell. <laughs> yeah. um, and that guy's like, oh, my wife will kill me if, if I can't rent this place out as a haunted house. That was that guy, right? I don't I think so. Don't think so. It was not. I don't think so either. No, because I thought that as well. Because but they do look alike. But um, there's also they, the thing where where later on in in that scene, um, John is talking about his wife, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I don't have a wife." Hmm. Yeah. And John's well, like, that, "What?" She couldn't hack it. Or right. Whatever he says, "Yeah." So the, here's the reasons because I thought that as well, and I didn't catch up the first time. But I think the guy because he, here's why I thought that at first, but then this time around thought maybe that wasn't the case is when that same guy who was hollering out of the truck window going, "My wife's gonna kill me," uh, you know, he is in that lineup at the or not lineup, but the revolving door interviews at the yeah, police yeah. station, and and he says, you know, like. Hey, you know, I know I own property all over town and you're, you know, blah, 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 blah. I feel like that guy had like a more of a, almost like a beard um, and, and was not as kind of like big. And obviously, you know, you can't tell when somebody's sitting down how tall they are. But I feel like that guy um, was a little scruffier you, looking and darker hair. You know, you know what, though? I, I, no, I think Brian and I were wrong. It is the taxidermist. It's just he. Is yeah, that him? it's just yeah. I'm I'm scrubbing the movie right now. It's just when he's yeah. coming out of his truck, he actually is pretty fucking tall in his truck, and he's but yeah, he's, but okay. he's like hunched yeah, down. He's you hunched know, that's, down. That's the thing. And I thought. See, I thought they were two the different cop, people in the police station too. He's he's yeah. like hunched down, sitting okay. you know, hunched oh, over. Now I need to and look that's, again. And then there's that reveal when he's like, you know, can you show me your full height? Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He, stands up and you're you like, you oh, are shit. Yeah. You are right though, Brian. He is scruffier. He does have like a little bit of a beard. Yeah, yeah. and then he like shaved yeah, it yeah. down. That's true. It does sort of But how you. would how would he not know how tall he was when he came into the police station for an interview? Well that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because he was I drunk. think they're just assuming that we don't know because yeah, we yeah. only saw him sitting down. That's true. But that's true. You're anyway, right. I, I'm interested. I would love to go back and go back and uh, and and see this as uh, as well. I, I I definitely remember the first time I saw this, and this was maybe one of my only complaints about the movie. And and let's just kind of accelerate to the end here because we're going to talk about yeah. the end scene. But um, you know, the, the, you find that scapegoat guy. We kind of talked about that. You know, and John's trying to get back on track. He starts going back to AA meetings. He's he's trying to make amends a little bit uh, with people. And and one of those things, and it and it feels like it's almost that step within the AA process where he's going and, and kind of apologizing or making amends in some capacity, but it's being done in the um, form of returning evidence to to the victims and victims' right. families and things like that. So he's kind of going door to door and you see him like, you know, kind of eating crow as like the woman spits in his face <laughs> and all this stuff. And one of the scenes, he he, he goes up and he, he knocks on the door of the taxidermist and he goes in, he's uh, hey, he's kind of acting a little dodgy, but not tremendously. And he goes in and says, hey, I've got this stuff for you. Hey, come on in, you know, sit down. Let me pour you a cup of coffee and he's being overly friendly let me pour some booze in your coffee yada yada and he starts doing the old uh you know tell me about the case kind of thing and he's he's acting a little smug and a little suspicious um and uh you know that's when he starts kind of giving giving away remind me what what was the clue that he kind of said uh because because they leave and john's a little again out of it or whatever he goes outside pauses 
comes back, knocks on the door. And he's like, did you forget something? He's like, no, it's just something that you said made me think of whatever. Could, do you mind standing up? What was it that he said that, that clued I him I think up? it is the line, like, my wife couldn't hack it. Okay. Yeah. So, you, so, so that that would lead us to believe that Brandon, you're probably right. That probably is the same guy, mm-hmm. right? Because otherwise, why would the wife? And he brought up the wife both scenes mm-hmm. before. Both times, right. So you you've got to be right about that. Um. So so yeah, she she hasn't hacked. So so the the idea is that either he didn't have a wife or he has murdered her. Uh. Maybe the wife was the one that the other guy was burning. Who knows? Um. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just now I'm just retconning the whole movie. Um. In any case, the guy stands up, and there is a very creepy moment of uh, the guy makes a, 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 a pretty subtle but effective expression that suggests that he knows that he knows, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the the kind of chase is on. He runs away. And uh, so this has been, you know, assumingly happening for weeks around like Christmas time or whatever. And mm-hmm. this is now, uh, I, I, New Year's. for some reason, I, I'm picturing this, yeah, between Christmas and New Year's kind yeah, of it, thing. it was New Year's. Um, it was like New Year's, New Year's. But that, yeah. Okay, gotcha. That's what I you thought. Know, yeah, because yeah, he says something about she's going back to school in January mm-hmm. or something like that. But mm-hmm. anyway, so he's he uh, uh, he chased him, and there's there's Christmas carols, and then of course it kind of culminates in this scene uh, with the, the, the you know the actual real killer picks him up, chokes him, stabs him, uh, you know, runs away, comes back, and you see the first the scene of him you know in his partial wolf costume so you've seen his strength you've seen his taxidermied very true to life kind of you know wolf outfit he even does like a series of growls and howls and you can see like the guy's just completely completely off his rocker um but it's still it was i thought it was pretty uh, pretty effective i and I, i really like the you know, kind of old Lang Zai playing in the background as yeah, all this yeah. is kind of kind of playing out. And then there's a there's a chase through the woods and John's just all in on this guy, right? He knows the guy is 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 you know much bigger and stronger and more dangerous than him. He's armed. Um and he goes after him, right? Tackles him. Uh and luckily Julia uh pops in uh, out of nowhere and saves the day, right? Shoots him. Um and then uh John does what he what the bro jock guy earlier suggested, which was to shoot him in the face until you could see the ground, you know, under his head kind of thing. He just unloads his his pistol into the guy's head, basically, um, as fireworks are going off. And it's like this incredible. You don't really know if John's going to survive at this point. It almost seems like he's not mm-hmm. going to. But there is definitely an, an incredible like uh, level of catharsis and release that John feels at this moment of I've, I've done it. You know, I've, I've, I've this, you know, I finally, finally got him kind of thing. I kindly, you know, faced my fears of inadequacy or whatever the case may be. Um, but so yeah, thoughts on that, that like climax of the movie, you know, it, for a movie that is just really, really a big old buildup, I, I felt like it delivered. Yeah. Uh, I'm of two minds actually, because I felt like the actual, execution of those scenes was fantastic it it was really well done um and you give a good rundown of of what occurred um but i guess i'll just throw this out there that as far as if we're approaching this as a mystery or whodunit and maybe that's not the way to go maybe it's more you know just to accept that it's more about 
the character of John and not about the mystery. But you both have now seen it twice, mm-hmm. and I only saw it the one time. And, and afterward, I was wondering, are there Easter eggs seeded through, mm-hmm. breadcrumbs seeded through, whatever, that you could figure out that that was where it was going to go? Because I yeah. kind of thought, no. <laughs> it kind of felt like one of those like more poorly written episodes of like Law and Order where it just ends up being a guy that you just saw in the guy. background right. on a right. street scene and you never had a chance of figuring it out. Yeah, that's a bit of a pet peeve for me. So I I definitely um, thought thought that as well. It was like it threaded the line for me between that cheap a cheap reveal and a I didn't see it coming mm-hmm. reveal. And yeah. I, I could see someone fall on either side yeah. of that line, you know. But I think the thing that that bolstered it towards the positive for me was they did the crazier thing. You know, like it probably would have been, well, it definitely would have been more predictable to just make it a werewolf or or, so, sure. or something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and, and John kills him or John doesn't kill him or whatever. Right. But hey, guys, whether it was, said it was a werewolf guy or whether time, it was this guy, you know, yeah. if, it, if either one had been an actual werewolf, we saw yeah. that coming the entire time. Yeah. But to, to say, no, it's literally like a seven foot guy who's super strong in a costume <laughs> is the wilder right, thing. Absolutely. And I am always, I'm always going to vote for the wilder, you know, tangent uh, or fork in the road. So I appreciated that. Get mad at a movie that keeps you guessing that long. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so the ending is is basically, you know, I, I, I like the ending. It, it wasn't one of those ones that hung on too long. It wasn't one of those ones that like, you know, spoon fed you the 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 lesson that John learned or anything like that. Um, Julie is the sheriff now, you know, uh, so that's that's kind of the thing where it's like, yeah, you expected John was going to be the sheriff. And it was like, now nah, he, he he wasn't up for the task. She was obviously right. the better the better choice. So she's and it also shows that he is he is willing to to relinquish some of that responsibility for the betterment of himself and and his ability to be a good father and all that sort of thing right so john's kind of always you know he he was he was he felt that he was destined and felt like he was trapped and he kind of you know shook off those self-imposed bonds if you will right um so they're moving her and his daughter into school julia's there helping i kind of thought julia and him were going to end up together in a romantic sense i kind of appreciated that they didn't because they never Mm -hmm. really alluded to that yeah that would have been too pretty but it's it's funny that they they when I saw it at the end and Julie is helping her move in I'm like oh they're like a couple now but that wasn't the case he it, the the insinuation is that she is kind of helping him as he's kind of getting back on his feet a little bit yeah um, and then of course the scenes you walking away which I did I did like this um, John's walking away and uh, he had left uh, condoms in his in his daughter's dresser and told her like hey I left something for protection she's like ooh gross dad fuck you and he so he's like very obviously concerned about this but as he's walking way here's two two uh because she's there on a gymnastics scholarship and here's two like you know again like college bros that are like hey did you see the fresh meat move in down down the hall or whatever and he like stops as in like i want to go physically assault those guys but he's like no i'm just gonna kind of walk away and like you know i i the burden that i've put on myself to protect everyone i am i'm you know i'm letting go of that so um yeah i thought i thought it was a, a, a it was an ending that 
didn't waste any time after the climax. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just kind of it, it just kind of wrapped wrapped it up in a in a kind of tidy little mm-hmm. bow. So totally, but we saw what we needed to see, right? You know, this right. has been a movie that was very much focused on John's character throughout, wow. and there we see, you know, he got somewhere, and he, yeah. he's a better person for it. That's great, yeah. and it didn't yeah. have to beat us over the head with that. Right? We yeah. got it. It was a, a a character study wrapped up in a uh, a who <laughs> wrapped up Who-dunned in a werewolf it, yeah. wrapped up in a werewolf yeah. suit. Uh, yeah. And at no point that, so. did anybody yell, "He's turning us into monsters." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Though I really would have appreciated if one of the cops was uh, former sheriff mm-hmm. bracket and just did the old. <laughs> everyone's entitled to one good scare. Um, <laughs> Just throw it in there out of nowhere. Um, or you know what? Or if just Lonnie shows up. Sure. Uh, yeah. Oh. Lonnie, what get your ass away from there. Um, he's, that yeah. guy's fucking great. Isn't it? What's he's his last really name? Good. Long, Long Street. Long, uh, Steve, what's his last name? Long Street. Because uh, he was so great in uh, Midnight uh, Mass. Uh, Midnight yeah. Mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was fucking great in that. Um, it's funny that we, <laughs> at several points during the discussion of this movie, talked about Halloween kills. And our final thoughts on The Wolf of Snow Hollow is, of course, our problems with Halloween right. kills. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's going to be the case for the next five I episodes. think now we have to debate whether or not uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow is a Christmas movie <laughs> or a New Year's movie. Yeah, so. that's a good point. That's a good point. I say New Year's, uh, but that's just me. That There's old anxiety. Enough, right. you know, the the yeah. climactic scene seems to yeah. suggest... <laughs> so any final thoughts any final thoughts on this flick uh it's a great movie but again mm-hmm. coming back to why i didn't think we could ever do it as a werewolf movie is you know obviously the reveal at the end there's not too much werewolf stuff in it but what you do mm-hmm. see is great the werewolf design that you do see is very reminiscent of dog soldiers yeah, 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 yeah. Slight, slightly shorter limbs. Yeah, not, mm-hmm. not, not quite as yard ornamenty right. as dog soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, no, don't get me wrong. I fucking love dog soldiers. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dog soldiers. Yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah. The arms, the arms and legs do look like one of those, uh, you, you know, lawn ornaments uh, kind of versions of a werewolf. Um, but uh, the one thing that is kind of missing from this film that is a trope of every other werewolf film is there's no transformation scene. Right. You, you I might... was looking forward to that. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go on this podcast and talk about how it compares <laughs> to American Werewolf in London." You know what? And I Monster will Squad tell... and whatever the fuck. And then I'm like, "Wait a minute, this isn't a werewolf movie. There's no gotcha. transformation." Yes. <laughs> um, you know what though? It's in a way, and and listen, I'm gonna get a little fart sniffy here. <laughs> I actually wrote down that it it. I did see some parallels with American Werewolf in London because of the brutal violence of the, you know, the the first attack on the Moors, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when they're hiking or when they when they leave the slaughtered lamb, combined with uh, comedy happening almost simultaneously, yeah, uh, but extremely dark comedy. Like that was one of the movies, and werewolves aside. I feel like this was one of very few movies I've seen that that combines such intense violence with such black comedy literally happening simultaneously. So like it was hard to not not to think about uh, American Werewolf London yeah. in that way. And then my other fart sniffy comment is in the 
in a sense, you do see the, the transformation scene at the end. When after he's stabbed, he's laying there on the ground, you see the guy mentally transform into a wolf from, from uh, hey, can I pour some booze in your coffee to, rah, yeah. you know, shrieking. And then, <laughs> puts of the course, suit on. <laughs> half suit on, no hell, you know, no hat yet or no whatever you call the top of his, his costume. Um, let me, but, let uh, me one yeah. up your fart sniff with. Okay. <laughs> The real transformation is when Jim becomes an alcoholic again <laughs> and submits to his own disease. <laughs> That's the real transformation, boys and girls. Um, yes, uh, no, it, it, it was it was the the script was tight. Mm -hmm. The writing was super clever. It was on point and just like. You know, it, whenever I see somebody who's who's the the, the writer, director, and star of a movie, um, you know, usually that suggests to me they don't have a lot to work with in terms of you know, there's a lot of budgetary restrictions or whatever the case may be. Um, but I, I will always check it out because these are the type of movies where just the vision is is the clearest you know what i mean mm -hmm. um so wonderful i uh uh it was a pleasure talking about uh, uh the wolf of snow hollow um before we wrap it up uh well let me get this out of the way uh, i'll mention one more time before you uh before you do anything else hurry up open up that phone because you got it in your hands right it's in your pocket right now so like don't be a fucking douche about it don't make a big deal about it pick it up <laughs> follow us on the instagrams at halloween is forever at Halloween forever on twitter at halloween is forever on facebook uh or at <laughs> at halloween is forever pod on tiktok halloween is forever pod on gmail um and uh again offer still on the table write us a review uh, screen grab it, throw it in the old DMs um, on Apple Podcasts, and I'll send you some stickers. We're running a little low. We sent out some stickers. Uh, I, I also left a big old stack of them at at, uh, at um, Spirit Halloween, which the people who worked there were very excited about. They were very cool about it. Um, so we're running low on them, but I will absolutely send you some stickers if you write us a review. One more time, Brandon, to remind us uh, about your book and then tell folks where where they can get it and where they can find uh, what you got going on and, and if there's anything else going on that we didn't talk about already. Yes, sir. So Lars Breaks Face, Werewolf in Space. Uh, it's basically Monster Squad meets Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you can pick it up on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org, um, wherever you get your books. And then I also have a short story collection coming very soon. Uh, oh, should nice. be out uh, by January. Cool. And there are no werewolves in it, but uh, it does include two Halloween stories. And that is coming out from Six Gallery Press of Pittsburgh Local Press, um, I believe, January 14th. Awesome. Nice. Nice. What's your uh, what's your social media so people can check you out on there when you announce this stuff? Oh yeah, Twitter uh, at Brandon underscore Getz, and that's that's the thing. Oh, and uh, www.brandongetz.com. G e t z. There you go. There it is. Awesome. Go go buy the man's book. I'm about to do it and and read about some goddamn space werewolves. You Please guys. do. Fifteen bucks. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a, not too I'm bad. Doing. No, that's not too bad at all. Well, thank you for uh, for for uh, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for lending your lycanthropic 
expertise mm-hmm. uh, is lycanthropic a word <laughs> yes uh, definitely what, is I, okay, it's in okay, the book good. multiple times yes. good, good. okay i was gonna say there you go again adding another level of expertise uh and and, and frankly editorial expertise as well um so once again thank you this is an absolute blast thanks um, for having me and next week, uh, check in uh, on next week. Like, subscribe, follow us, uh, because next week we are going to be talking about haunted house movies. And we're going to be watching some spooky-wooky ones this week um, in preparation for that. So uh, once again, thank you very much. And for the Halloween is forever crew, I'm Brian. Say I'm Brandon. I'm Brandon. And I'm Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later, boy.